Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Good. Good morning, everybody online. We love you guys. We miss you. Can't wait to see you again in person. And uh, But join in with us in the spirit today. We're all one in the spirit. Amen. So y'all, um, last week was awesome. How many of you guys have been, uh, have been just tapping into the, to the inner presence of the Lord? Yes. Amen. We're going to keep going after it. We've been doing a series called Posturing for the Presence. And, and I, I just feel, I, I, my life conviction is that the number one thing that a Christian needs is to, is to be completely centered and driven by God's heart and his presence. Number one always. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. Nothing else matters in Christendom. If it's not about his presence and about the, the union and the intimacy with God and then the outflow of that, that's where what, what people call Christianity really in God's mind is supposed to just be the outflow of the inward intimacy and encounter with him. All the other stuff is really is, is God's way of training us how to, how to steward and protect that well how to display it well. Amen? Amen. And so I did, a, I did a message. My first one on this series was called Encounter Peace. I felt like that was where God wanted to start us on this journey because the Lord wants us to understand that his heart towards you is actually completely peaceful towards you. You're his kids. His heart is tranquil when he thinks about you. And by the way, he's thinking about you all the time. Tranquility in his heart towards you. That should clear all the problems. Amen? Amen. Any of our fears, our self-limitations, it should just settle it. So his presence is meant to bring peace to you. And his peace is... In Hebrew, it's called shalom. In the Greek, it's called irene. If I, if I say that right, I think I am. Irene. I've been corrected before. She's corrected me before. <laughs> She's like over here countering and she peeked at me. So no, I, I, I welcomed it, Lisa. It was good. I've changed my pronunciation on things that you helped me with. Irene. Shalom, Irene, it's the, it's the peace of heaven, and it's not just a feeling. It's actually the, the, the packaging of all that heaven is, all the kingdom of God is, to be imparted into you in the places that you need it to show up so it can shift your life into the, the blessing of the Lord. And the things that would trouble you, the shalom comes in to, to shift it and to displace it and to release the authority and the power and the love of heaven so that you can have peace where things trouble you. Posturing for the presence, receive his peace. Amen? 
The next message was called Encounter the Father. And you've got to know, if you want to be a, a host of the glory of God, you've got to know this. If you're born again of the Spirit through Jesus Christ, and, and that's the disclaimer for all these things, by the way, that, that you have been born to a Father in heaven who sits on a throne, but that is his, his, that's his living room seat for you to come into and to sit and dwell and encounter a good, good Father who loves you and wants to be with you. Who, who actually breaks his heart when his children think that they don't deserve to be in his presence, so they, by their self-initiation, create a distance because they didn't think that they were worthy to come. And his heart's broken, homesick for his children. But he wants us to come, and if we know his desire for us, then we can know we can be in his presence. Hallelujah. It's good. And he's with you. Like you don't have to earn your way to get closer to him. You have to receive your way closer to him. Receive his unconditional acceptance of you. <laughs> Do you deserve it? Not on your own, but it's a free gift. And if you don't receive his free gift, you're missing out on the very abundant life that, he's, that Jesus died to give to you. Amen? The next message in the series wasn't mine. It was, it was Lisa's. So powerful. It was called Intimacy with God. I'm not going to speak into that because that was hers, but it was powerful. And if you didn't hear it, you should go back and listen to the podcast. But last week, I spoke on meditate on the indwelling God. Meditate on the indwelling God. If you want to encounter his presence, you got to remember, if you have been born again, that he actually lives inside of you. And it's not just, a, a, it's not just a, a, a great idea. Oh, Jesus lives in my heart. No, no, Jesus he lives in you. No, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that dumped out on them like a hurricane in the upper room actually has made his abode in your body. Because he wants to live in there with your spirit because he loves being with you. And there's a well within you that has a a stream of living water flowing all the time. Even if you don't feel it, feel it, it's flowing. You can't, you, you, if, as long as you are living as a son or a daughter, there's a river flowing inside of you. If you're not being filled, it's because you have disconnected with something that's already there. And, and we, need to, um, we need to know that the living waters lives in us and we need to believe for extravagant encounters with God Amen? We need to believe for extravagant encounters with God, but we also need to learn how to celebrate and embrace the trickle. Come on, come on. Come on. 
Sometimes people get overwhelmed and they feel so distant because, well, I'm not having the three-hour encounters that, that you're feeling the zappage of the lightnings of God. Okay, that doesn't matter. You got a river of living water flowing from inside of you, and it leads to the headwaters of the river of living water that pours forth from the throne of God, as it says in Revelation 22. And to, to refer to a phrase I gave you guys last week, we need to bloodhound our way. We need to trace the water line. If, you, if you're looking for the zappings from head to toe, but you just feel a little tiny, just a little tiny tingle on your finger, you better start celebrating because that means Yahweh God is right there touching you. Embrace it. Embrace the trickle and then, and then trace the line. Celebrate it. Focus on it. Give, give God all your attention in the little you might feel. Because God is so good. The, the more we focus on something, the more we celebrate and honor something, the more he brings increase to those things. And, and I don't know about you, but I look at my, my history with the Lord and, and I see that there's different seasons of different measures of awareness of his presence. Am I the only one or can you identify? <laughs> All right. I mean, good company. And the moments I felt it the most are my favorite moments in my entire life. Doesn't matter what else is going on in the world around me. If I'm, if I'm feeling God... That's everything. But then there's the moments when I might not be feeling it so easy. But I've got to remember in those moments, there's a river flowing inside of me. And I need to give him my attention. I need to believe that he's closer than I think he is. I need to believe it. All right? And I, I've found that, that when I steward my focus... When I, when I train my attention and I hone in on God and on his heart and, and my, my core belief that his presence is with me even if I don't feel him, the, the more I hone in on that belief, the more I start recognizing his presence with me. What you behold, you empower. Amen? What you focus on increases. Can anybody identify this with me? The more I talk about his presence and his glory with people, the more I start feeling it surrounding me during the conversation. The more I start talking about angelic manifestations, the more I start becoming aware of angels start manifesting themselves around us. Pretty cool. It's a real thing. The, the, the testimony of the Lord brings the increase for the more. And the more we talk about it, the more he, it's like, it's like it swells his heart when, when we're giving him all our attention, swells his heart and, and it's like he was already there, but he just, he increases the, the manifested presence. 
If you ever, if you ever learned science in high school, you learned that there's two types of energy. Maybe there's more. I'm stuck into the two. There's, there's two. All right. There, there's potential energy and there's kinetic energy. And potential energy is energy that is held in place and is, is not in motion. It's waiting to be tapped. Okay. And then there's kinetic energy and that's energy in motion. So it, it's not, it's not just sitting there waiting anymore. It's flowing. All right. Here's an example. You got a, you got a nine volt battery and it's just sitting there in the package. Well, that's, that's potential energy. It's not doing anything. You stick your tongue on that thing and it turned into kinetic in a second. <laughs> Hurts. That's, that's the flow. You tap it and it flows, right? You've never done that? You've never licked a nine volt? You don't know what you're missing. Oh my gosh, do you do it? That's how you, yeah, that's how you know if it's good or not. You lick it. I thought that was just, I thought that was like, everybody knows that. Yeah, it's, how you, it's not how you test a, so, a light socket, though. Don't do that. All right, so potential is stored energy. Kinetic is energy in motion. Well, God's presence is with us all the time. But it's when we press into him, when we lay hold of him, that, it, that he shifts from, kinet, or from potential to kinetic. All right, he's waiting, and, and he's so patient, but he's also like, sometimes he might be bored stiff with us. I don't know. He, he's, more, he's better than that. I would be if I was him. <laughs> Why aren't you letting me move? I'm right here. Uh, he's, he's way better than me on that. But, but he, it, like, it's our fault if God stays potential energy in our lives because he's waiting, but when we reach out and touch him, our faith moves God. He starts flowing. <laughs> Thank you, God. So what you behold, you empower. And it takes intentionality. It takes discipline because you might experience him in a moment and that's awesome. But what do you do with that moment when you leave the moment? Do you just go on to the next thing or do you love him enough? to protect that and to do what you can to increase that when nobody else is around. And it takes right beliefs. You can encounter the Lord, but if you don't believe the right things, you're going to miss the things he's doing and the things he's trying to do. So the right beliefs, we got to understand what God's, what his, what his truth is on these things, which is why we're taking a lot of time over these weeks to focus in on posturing for his presence, to try to talk about belief systems. Amen? You guys good with this journey we're on? Good, because it's where we're going, and I'm not leaving it. Today's, my message is called, Open Up Your Spirit Eyes. Open up. Your spirit eyes. I almost called open, I almost called it open the eyes of your heart. But when I thought about that, this 90s song came back to me and I couldn't get it out of my head. And I was like, God help me. 
It's a great song. It's old, though. <laughs> it ran its course for me. But the spirit of it is so real. It's so real, guys. Open the, your spirit eyes. Behold the Lord. When you open your spirit eyes, please, 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 please do not focus on the demonic realm. Because what you behold, you empower. And we know what we want to empower, and it's not that realm. Amen? Amen. What we do want to empower is the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives, in the encounter with him and with the Father and the, and the presence of the Holy Spirit showing up and flowing like rivers of living water. So open your eyes to the Spirit and look at him and who he is and what he's doing. Okay? The Lord wants to release upon us an increased measure of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And I don't just mean revelation so that we can get better, cool one-liners in the word. I'm talking about revelation where the eyes of our heart become opened to see a whole realm that was actually in our presence that we weren't experiencing because we didn't see it before. The unveiling of the eyes. I want to tell you guys, God is present. God is present. On one level, you can't get away from him because he's omniscient. He's omnipotent. I'm saying the wrong omni. Omnipresent. He's omnipresent. Can't even hardly talk. Omnipresent. And, and in Psalms, I think it was 139, David's saying, it wouldn't matter if I went to heaven, you'd be there. If I went to hell, you'd be there. I, wherever I go, I'm bumping into you because you're always with me no matter what. And Jesus told you guys, he told you, I will never leave you or forsake you. When Jesus makes a covenant, it will never be broken. And he made a covenant with you. I will always be with you. Even to the ends of the earth, I'll be with you. That's good news. If we live casual Christianity, though, it's going to stay potential energy. And God wants us to activate the kinetic energy of him being with us at all times. Okay? So the Lord, he wants us to know he's with us, but he wants us to reach into that and to pull on that. One of my favorite Greek words is katalambano, which means to apprehend, to seize, to grab a hold of it and bring it into your custody. And the Lord is waiting to be katalambanoed by faith and desire from us. Come on. I want to read a passage out of Genesis 28. I love this story. And I know that many of you are very familiar with this one. <clears throat> By the way, I, I, never, I never signed up with God or put it, 
promised on my, on my pastor's application, which I never filled out. <laughs> Didn't have to. <laughs> we planted this thing, right? <laughs> I never made an agreement that, that, I, that, I, that I have to take it upon myself to always preach new things that you've never heard before. Because I think that a lot of pastors feel the pressure to always have a new message. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to do is take us into the truth so that we can keep going into it and keep going into it and keep digging deeper and encountering God and going in farther. And if this is something that, you know, you, you've heard it a hundred or 200 times, dig into it and experience something fresh today. Okay. Let's start with verse 10. By the way, Jacob was the son of Isaac and he stole his twin brother's blessing from his dad and his inheritance. And so Esau's not super happy. As a matter of fact, Jacob knows that if he hangs out at home, he's about to get martyred <laughs> by his brother. So he cuts out of town far away. And his parents told him to go back to the place where his mother was from to find a wife. And he was there for way longer than he expected. But on his way, he's probably scared for his life that his brother's going to find him out in the wilderness. And that's where it leads us right here. Verse 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he laid down in that place to sleep. He went to sleep so he could wake up for the first time ever, guys. All right? He went to sleep, but then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set on the earth, and his top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. Thank you, God. Everybody say, angels on earth, from heaven, on assignment. It's awesome. Hey, somebody still repeated that part. All right, this is amazing. This is, this is an open heaven portal where the angels are, are descending from heaven onto the earth and the Bible teaches us that God commissions angels on assignments. And it also says that his word will never return to him void. And so angels are sent on this earth to perform the, the, the mission of heaven on earth. And they're not going to go to him until they've completed what they've done. All right? This is what I believe. So they're, they're descending and they're ascending. They're probably like giving each other high fives, clocking out, Sam. Have a good day, Mac. Whatever. I was thinking about those old Wiley Coyote cartoons where they're clocking in and out on shifts. They're passing each other. And one of them is getting ready to start his new job, and the other one probably just finished something. Could have been a day's worth of a job. It could have been a thousand years. We have no idea because the missions are different. Okay? And that in itself is amazing that he got to behold the portal. And the angelic, the supernatural realm, heaven coming to earth. But guess what? That's amazing, and we need to hone in on that. 
but it still is not the most superior because he lifted his eyes above that so he could behold God. So the encounter with the supernatural realm is super important, but it is not the most important thing. We got to look higher. We got to see God behind it all. Amen? Amen. Some people have encounters with the supernatural and they'll, and they'll flow in it and there's an anointing and, and it's powerful and dynamic things happen and, and, and rarely do they actually mention Jesus. Whoa, kind of missed the most important part there. All right, where am I at here? Verse 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it and he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. All your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south, and in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you. Come on, everybody say, God is with me. And will keep you wherever you go. We'll br- and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you. Everybody say, he will not leave me. Until I've done what I've spoken to you, okay? He's not going to leave you. Then, jo- then Jacob awoke from the sleep and said, this is powerful. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Surely. The Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Can you imagine that? When he had that dream, and he saw a ladder, and he saw angels, and it went into heaven as a portal, heaven on earth, and he saw God, and he's surrounded by this glorious realm. The question is, did that suddenly pop into place the moment he had a dream? Or was it already there before he fell asleep? He says, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Just because you're not seeing God, just because you might not be feeling God, just because you might not be seeing things happen that should happen with God does not mean that God is not close. Jacob had a dream and the Lord opened the eyes of his spirit to reveal to him a reality that was in existence all around him that he never even knew was staring him in the face. God was already doing what he was doing. He still was doing what he was doing. He's going to keep doing what he was doing, whether Jacob ever saw it or not. God, Jacob did not impact what God was doing, except that when his eyes became open, he was able to tap into it. And then it was able to fill his life and transform him and bring the, the glory realm into his life at that point. You guys with me? Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. Guess what? There's a move of God happening today. 
right now, in this present time, there is a glory realm that is doing its thing, and you can't change that. And if you don't know that it's there, it's not changing the fact that it's there, and it's doing its thing, and it's staring you in the face. And if you don't see it, you're going to miss it. But I call on you right now, open your spirit eyes. And then, and then he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? Let me just stop with that. Because if we're not catch, capturing what God's doing in his realm, we may think, oh, that's good. But until you see what he's really doing, you're not going to know that it is awesome. And I don't mean awesome like, cool, dude. I mean awesome like full of the awe of the Lord. That, that would make your heart know what the fear of the Lord is. To behold the power of who he is. That he's in your presence and that the more you know that he's there, the more awesome you know that this place is. And I want to tell you, how awesome is this place? Here, right now, with us coming together, and, the, and the, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And the spirit of the Lord lives inside of you as his temple. And, and when two or three or more come together in his name, there he is in the midst of them. How awesome is this place? That, that Yahweh, glorious, Kabod, Shekinah glory, God, is right here amongst us. And if we don't open our spirit eyes, He's there, but it's, but it's potential. He wants to become kinetic. And we need to open our eyes and we need to recognize who he is. And to give him the all that he deserves. Amen? Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Why don't you guys tell him how awesome he is to you right now? Just give him a moment. You're awesome, Lord. We, we choose, Lord, to have all for you. We choose to look to you, to recognize you, to behold you. Reveal to us what this means. The magnitude of this reality, God, it surpasses our imagination. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. He said, he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. That is crazy to, for him to recognize by the opening of his eyes that it's a portal. Heaven coming to earth, flowing into this place. And there's a glory realm. And the angels come because they hang out where the glory is. They want to partner with God's glory and his dreams to make them come true. 
And, and when, we, when we understand that he's amongst us and he's doing things and we actually have the invitation to come into what he's doing and partner with him and to partner with that angelic hosts to, to, to glorify him and to dwell and to, to thirst and enjoy his manifest glory in our lives. Don't underestimate the trickle, guys. Because the trickle, you trace the line, it's going to take you into a deeper place. Got to recognize that God's with you. If you only capture it in small form, embrace it, hone in. But you got to trust God's here. God's here. More than I knew it. And guess what? It's going to be an incremental series of revelations you're going to be changed from glory to glory little by little he's going to open your eyes of the spirit more and more and more to reveal himself to you increase capacity if you keep tapping this if you keep drilling in if you keep seeking his face seek and you will find thank you god the gateway of heaven the house of god god himself dwells in your midst. Do not miss him with closed eyes. Jacob was surrounded by glory and he had no clue. And that's probably 95% of the Western church, Western Christianity, surrounded by the glory of God and have no clue about it. But it's not... I'm not saying that to, to dog on anybody. I'm saying it so that we will wake up. Amen. Open our eyes. Open your eyes to know that God is in the midst of his people and he's ready to do powerful and glorious things. Open your spirit eyes. It's called revelation. The revealing of something that was there that you didn't know, you couldn't see it, but your eyes become open. Some of you heard me say this <clears throat> analogy. I heard a story one time of somebody who was staying in a cabin and, and they were, I don't know, it's probably like Minnesota or somewhere up north. And, and, they, and it was a nice crisp morning. And they, they slept with the window open, but the curtain was down. And they got up in the morning, stretched, and they wanted to open the curtain so they could just take a nice first view outside to start the day. Open the curtain, and there was a moose standing there staring them in the face. Freaked them out. <laughs> was the moose there before the curtains pulled away, or did it just automatically just appear in that second? Was the moose already there? but they had no idea. Open the curtain, bam. <laughs> the curtain was closed and they had no idea that they could have got their head chomped. They didn't know that thing was there. Opened it, whoa, this thing was here the whole time. It's the same thing. In the glory, God's with us. But if our, it's like the eyes of our heart, or they're like eyelids, and, and eyelids are like veils, they're like curtains. And with your eyes closed, you can't see what's around you. 
doesn't mean it's not there. And a lot of people are walking around with eyes closed in the spirit. And Jesus told us, the kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom staring you in the face. Open the eyes of your heart so you can see this thing that is already readily available to you. The opening of this actually allows the manifestation of that to come in and do its thing. It's understanding now. It's a spirit of wisdom or revelation and understanding. Beholding something that's already there looking at you, waiting to be apprehended. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. <clears throat> it's like Dorothy on the Wizard of Oz. How many of you guys have seen that movie? Haven't, raise your hand if you've seen it. Raise your hand if you've not seen it. You haven't? I'm going to ruin it for you, dude. Hey, you've had all your life and more to have watched that, so I don't feel bad. <laughs> Dorothy, you guys know the story. She, she, it's black and white. She's with, she's in Kansas with Toto. I think her aunt's name was, what was it? Auntie M. And, and, uh, tornado comes and whisks them away <clears throat> to the land of color. Munchkins. It's, it's a pretty cool place. I think most kid dreamed of going to that place until the, the wicked witch showed up, but she's on this journey because she's all she wanted was to get back home. She just wanted to get back. We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. And, and so she went on this long journey with lots of spiritual warfare. Got to spiritualize this. <laughs> <laughs> and and she's just, she knows that her, her way back home is to get to the wizard, and he'll whip up an answer. Finally gets there. Alex, telling you the story, man. Yes. The... <laughs> She finally gets to Oz after she followed the yellow brick road through its ups and downs and trials of life. And, and she gets to the wizard finally. And well, we know the story, except Alex. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, dude. Um, she, we, we know the story that, well, the wizard turned out to be a fraud and, and he, he actually couldn't get her back home after all. So she tried the wizard didn't get her back home. And then, and then uh, I think her name was Glenda, the white angel, you know, keeping it, keeping it holy here. And, uh, and so Glenda, you know, she's the one who does the work. And so she has her tap those ruby slippers, no place like home. And, and she does that so many times until finally she is able to work her way in, back into her destiny. Ha ha, just kidding. We can't work our way into our destiny, but that's what she thinks. And then all of a sudden she wakes up, she's back in her bed, surrounded by her family, and, and all is fine and dandy again, right? And so what, what got her back home? Was it the wizard? No, even though that was her promise. But it, but it was it was Glenda, right? And the clicking of the heels, right? The, the, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. And then finally, somehow that that switched her back, and she was at home. And and that's that's what the the movie wants you to think was the trick. But guess what? We know better 
we know better. Dorothy didn't get back home because she clicked her heels. She didn't get back home by saying the right things. How did she get back home? She woke up from her sleep. She was there the whole time. She was in that bed the whole time. It was all just a dream, her eyes open. Whoa, I'm in this place I was trying to get to. I was trying hard to get to this place, and everybody was telling me how to do it. And finally, I got there after I did all the right things. But no, how did she get there? She opened her eyes and realized she was there the whole time. <laughs> Ruined it for you, buddy. It's all right. <clears throat> she opened her eyes and realized that she was right in the place that she needed to be the whole time. But she missed it all that time because she was looking in the wrong place. She was doing the wrong thing. Open those eyes. Whoa. I'm in a place I didn't realize I was. Jacob opened his eyes while he was asleep in the spirit and realized, whoa, I'm in the house of God. And I didn't even know it. I'm surrounded by glory, but I had no idea until he showed it to me. And then now I have this access to a realm I didn't even know existed. And I want to tell you guys something. There's a realm greater than the one that you're aware of. And you may be aware of that realm, but there's more. And God wants to increase your revelation of it. He wants to increase your encounter with it. He wants to increase your understanding of a realm that he's got more for you in the glory. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus after Jesus died and resurrected, they didn't even know he was resurrected, but they're on their way, and this guy who they didn't know starts walking with them, and they're talking about it, and they're kind of almost whining to Jesus, who they didn't know it was Jesus, but it was because he came in a different form. They didn't know who he was, and they're whining about Jesus died. And then Jesus, who they didn't know who he was, started sharing with them the truth, releasing the revelation of, of the scriptures about this person who they'd lived their life with and they didn't even understand it. And, and he breaks bread with them, does communion with them. And all of a sudden, their eyes were opened, but he was gone. <laughs> Leave it to God. Their eyes were open and they realized in that moment, that was Jesus. And they said, that's what they said. It says their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he, while he talked with us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? Jesus was with them in their presence the whole time and they didn't know until the Lord opened their eyes to the spirit. Come on. God wants to open the eyes of our hearts to understand this realm that's greater than what we know right now. His presence, his glory, it's with us. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you more than you know he is. He loves you. He wants you. He wants to reveal himself to you. Praise you, Jesus. 
There's a lot more I want to say, but I'm gonna, I think I'm going to wrap up with this, um, this verse, this passage, and then we're going to pray for you. Isaiah 6. If you guys want to turn there, Isaiah chapter 6. Verses 1 through 7. Isaiah was a prophet of the Lord. <clears throat> it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, this is so powerful, guys. I want you guys to listen to this and read it with your spirit right now, okay? I know you can't wait to get out of here so you can rush to Denny's before everybody else gets there. Just hang, hang with me. <laughs> and by the way, if you're going to Denny's, let's have a conversation later about that. <laughs> In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. <laughs> I saw the Lord. Sitting on a throne. Come on. It's the throne of God. And the third heaven. This is his place. I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. High and lifted up. And the train of his robe. That's the, that's the bottom part of his robe where the hem is. The, it'd be the hem of his garment. The train of his robe filled the temple. Oh, you read all the stories in the Old Testament about the temple of God and how the Shekinah cloud filled that temple and they couldn't even see through it. And the priests, they couldn't even stand in the presence because the weight of his glory caused them to collapse. They, their bodies couldn't even handle it. And they would be laid out in the presence of the Lord. <clears throat> and when Isaiah saw that glory that filled the temple, he realized, wow, that was just the, the mere hem of his garment on the bottom of his robe. Whoa. You mean that encounter was just from the bottom fringe of his fabric? Whew. Imagine what it's like on that throne. Wow. I saw the Lord. The Lord wants to open the eyes of your spirit so you can see the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings, and two covered his face, and two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. One cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The whole earth is full of his glory. Listen to that. The whole earth is full of his glory. He, he sees the train of his robe filling the temple with his glory. And that was the place, that was the house that they thought, this is where God lives on this earth. And God at one point, I can't remember if it was David or Solomon, he said, are you, like, I'm thankful for this house you built for me, but let's just make sure we all understand that's not going to contain me. I'm way too big for that thing, but I will honor you 
in your heart to worship me that, in that way and come and dwell in that place. But, I mean, that's, there's no way you can build something with hands of man that can contain me. And, and, there, and he said, um, my, my throne is heaven and the earth is my footstool. That's our God. That's your God. And, and so he saw the glory fill the temple, but then the angels, the, like what he saw was that, and he's like, man, that's amazing. But, but then the angels are actually saying, oh, wait, you didn't see, you didn't see enough yet because the whole earth is filled with his glory. Are you guys hearing this? With your spirits, are you hearing it? Because his whole, this whole earth is filled with his glory. It doesn't say that there will come a day in the latter rain when the, when the earth will be filled with his glory. It said his earth is filled with his glory. You can't contain God. You can't squeeze God in a box. You can't get around the fact that he's everywhere. God's glory encompasses this earth, which includes even this room that we're in right now. If you're not experiencing his glory, it's because your spirit eyes need to be opened I'm in the same boat, by the way. We need to open the eyes of our spirit, and we do it by the Holy Spirit. Paul prayed for us. In, in Ephesians 1, he said, I, I bow my knee to the Father, and I pray that, that, that God will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of your heart would be opened so you can see and he lists off some things. See the things of the kingdom that you didn't see before, but they were there. Let, let the Lord open our hearts. We need to understand, guys. The reason why I'm even giving you this message, you know, it's, it's about posturing for the presence. It's because when we, when we say, I want to I wanna experience your presence, Lord, we need to know something. He's waiting and he's there. He's postured in wait mode for you to believe that he's already there, ready to move in on you. You guys hear my heart? If, if, we, can, if we can capture from our spirit, from our heart, the truth that, that the kingdom is in your midst and the glory fills the earth, which means even the little parcel of land that you're standing or sitting on right now. The glory. You have access to his glory all the time. Come on. Come on. And he wants to open our eyes. And I, I, was, <clears throat> I, was, I was meditating on this this morning, seeing this picture of he, he saw God sitting on his throne. That's third heaven realm. That's heaven. That's where, that's where Paul went, you know, when he had his encounter, third heaven. That's where when we die, we're going to go there forever, right? That's the place that the angels come and go from, heaven. It's the throne. 
That's where he sits. So he saw him on his throne. But, but then he saw the glory fill the temple on earth. So, so he's, he's heaven and he's on earth. All right? He's in heaven. He's on earth. And the earth is filled with his glory is in heaven. Heaven's filled with his glory, but the earth filled with his glory. So what does that mean? It's heaven on earth. <laughs> and, and I was thinking about this. Uh, and as soon as I thought about it this morning, that that's a picture of heaven on earth, I felt the glory just fall on me right then. I felt, I felt the pleasure of the Lord. And he spoke this to my heart. He wanted me to tell you guys this, that God told me when I was thinking this and I felt his glory sit on me. He, told, he wanted me to tell you this. It is my good pleasure to reveal my kingdom to you. Hear the Father say this to you right now. It is my good pleasure to reveal the kingdom to you. And when he said that, it, it, it actually sounded familiar to me, and I looked it up. And in Luke 12, 32, Jesus said, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Come on. Let's say this again. It is the Father's good pleasure to reveal to you his kingdom. He wants to reveal it to you. Whoa. Yeah, tap that realm right now by your faith and your expectation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And John was like, you're a good teacher. I forgot what he asked him because my mind wasn't on that. But he was like, good teacher. And Jesus like, he said, don't you know that those who have not been born again of the Spirit cannot see the kingdom of God? Don't you know that those who have not been born again of the Spirit cannot see the kingdom of God? If Jesus would say such a thing and then he'd proceed to talk about becoming born again of the Spirit. Don't you know that Jesus is telling us who have been born again of the Spirit that you can see the, the kingdom of God? You, if you've been born again of the Spirit, you can see the kingdom of God. That is a spiritual truth. It's a spiritual promise. Your spirit has the ability through the Holy Spirit to see the kingdom of God. And I right now speak to every spirit in here. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> I release upon you from heaven the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And, and I release any angels who are called of God to come and minister that spirit to people. 
to do it now. And I call on your spirits, my brothers and sisters, and I declare over you that the Lord unlocks your ability in Christ, through Christ, in your spirit, to see the kingdom of God. And I declare over you in the name of Jesus that where there might have been a trickle, that that's going to increase to a, a fountain. And a fountain is going to increase to a wide raging river in the name of Jesus. I declare over you in Jesus' name that the Lord is unlocking your eyes of your spirit so you can behold the glory of the Lord that's already in your midst so that you can step into it. Because when God revealed this to Jacob, it was an invitation into a kingdom life to live under the blessing of that kingdom. And that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to draw you in to a greater encounter with his kingdom, heaven on earth. And I just release that on you guys right now in the name of Jesus. Increased, manifest spirit of God to unlock your eyes of the spirit. To be able to see a realm that your physical eyes and your, and your intellect cannot comprehend. To engage from a spirit level. The more of God, the more of God in the name of Jesus. Is there anybody who receives this right now?